Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Ask the Coach Show, episode 104, where Ping Skills answers your table tennis questions. Today, we're introducing Throwback Thursday, a new segment where we take a look at an older video. We're going to talk about balancing winning versus improving, consistency, using a thicker rubber on your backhand, maintaining a loose grip on the bat, and getting angry when losing to a player you think you should beat. As always, Super Coach Alois Rosario is here with me to answer your questions. Welcome, Alois. Good morning, Jeff, and um, rugged up a little bit more. Starting to get a bit colder in Melbourne. Yeah, certainly is getting colder. Um, winter is well on its way, Alois, and I guess that means it's nearly footy season here. Yes, that's right. Australian rules football. Um, Starting next week, um, yeah, for, for most of the world, you won't have any idea, but, you know, we, we get pretty fanatical about our Australian rules here. We do, but before then, Alloys, today is the World Cup cricket semi-final, Australia versus India. Come on, Australia. Yes, good chance, isn't it? I mean, uh, they've, they've slowly built up during the um, during the... The tournament. So, and for our Indian fans out there, they will be barracking hard. And I, I expect that there will be a big contingent of Indian fans. We've had uh, huge crowds whenever India's played. So, uh, yeah, it'll be a really huge match tonight. Yep, it certainly will. Uh, it's going to be an interesting match. I don't know who's going to win, but we'll find out soon enough. All right, Alois. Um, yesterday's Ping Skiller's question of the day was how do you prepare for an important match? What are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I think um, I think the really important thing is that you find something that works well for you. Um, so make sure that you uh, find a little bit of a routine that works well um, before you play your matches. And it'll be a bit of exper experimentation um, over time. Um, you know, so the things that I used to do were um, I would like, I'd like to have a hit um, at least half an hour before, um, you know, go through all of my strokes and then play some points, even maybe play some practice games, and then after that have a bit of a rest, um, uh, just uh, calm myself down mentally, um, and then you know uh, be ready for for the match. I used to also do the uh, the little the little roll the ball over the bat um, trick. Um, because that gave me a bit of an indication of um, my nerves and and uh, and it that did actually calm me down a little bit. So that that's just one little trick that I used to use to um, uh, to get myself right before a match. Excellent. Yeah. yeah. Good. Good Thank tips you. there, Alois. Um, yeah. I think you know in the morning of the match, when I was getting ready and having breakfast, I used to like to listen to music. Um, yeah. And then when I got to the stadium, yeah, I found that having a hit early was good and especially working on like playing a forehand off a backspin ball. You know, I like to do that as a warm-up before the matches because that's such an important stroke. Um, and then, yeah, just trying to calm down before the match, you know, and uh, get ready to play. So I think, yeah, like you said, Alice, it's important. Experiment with a few different routines and try and settle on one that you like and then you can use that just over and over. All right. So, 
is what other sports do you enjoy? Com and click on the blog link and leave a comment to let us know what other sports do you enjoy playing. All right, Alice. Um, I think I'm about to sneeze, but maybe <laughs> not. <laughs> and boy, I tell you, once Jeff starts oh. sneezing, we're all in big trouble. Here it goes. Watch out! Oh, no, yeah. ah, right. no, it's all right. Oh. There's usually about seven of them. <laughs> Indeed. All right, Alice. Today is Throwback Thursday, and we're going to talk about a video called "Recognize Your Feelings." Now, this came about, Alice, because on the weekend I was at a cube competition, and um, I was going quite well. I'd done the two by two and done a reasonable job, and then I was um, doing the three by three, the original Rubik's cube, and I would gotten pretty well, I'd solved the first two layers and then I'd sort of done everything at the top but I think I needed like one more move to go and I was like halfway through the sequence of eight moves and I was like, oh no, I've forgotten what to do even though I can do that all the time and I just messed up that move and then I had to start again and oh, it was just a bad solve and then the next solve I had because you get to do five... Um, I was um, about to, I was to get to the last stage again and I was worried because I was like, oh no, I'm going to make the same mistake again. Oh, I'm getting a bit of feedback, Alois, on your microphone. Yeah, I'm going to mute mine. Hang on. Just mute you for the second. Yeah. So I got to the same stage. Hold on. Yeah, now you're muted. I got to the same stage and I made the same mistake again and I was like, oh no, and then things got worse and then I started, my mind was racing and I started making mistakes I wouldn't normally make and normally I can average about 45 seconds at home but there I got like an average of one, oh, 1 minute and 7 seconds and one of my solves was like a minute 56 which means I could have solved the cube three times if I just had it been relaxed and focused, but instead my mind was racing and things just didn't go well, Alois. Uh, and you're still on mute. How's that? Okay. Um, so, yeah, it is interesting because uh, the the emotions play such a big part. You know, you know your skill level. You know that you can solve it in 45 seconds. Um, and at home, you know, in comfortable environment, um, it's, it's really easy. You know, there's no way you would ever forget those eight moves um, at home. It's just the um, being in that um, little bit more important situation, suddenly your emotional level or your anxiety starts to build up. And anxiety does um, some really weird things to you. Like it, it can um, start to stress you to the stage where you start to forget things that are really simple and, and you know, natural to you. So... Um, it's, it's really about, firstly, making sure that you recognize uh, the feelings that you uh, start to get when you start to become anxious. So, you know, um, was Jeff starting to feel a little bit funny in the, in the stomach? Was his, um, so for, for um, Rubik's Cube solving, I imagine, not that I know too much about Rubik's Cube solving, um, it's, a, it's about how quickly your fingers move and obviously then how quickly your mind is moving. So yeah, exactly, uh, Alois. Um, that that's a that's a really good point. I I did start feeling just a little bit nervous, and then my mind was racing quite quickly. Um, and 
you know, it's actually those series of eight moves, you kind of remember them as just one unit. So it's almost like you're remembering a forehand topspin. You don't remember, oh, here's the start position, here's the end position. When you're first learning, you do. But after you've played it lots of times, you kind of just play the forehand stroke. And it's the same with this. You don't remember the individual eight moves as such. You kind of just go and do them. And I kind of got halfway through and then was sort of thinking about it. And then because I don't remember them, it was hard. And, yeah, it was more the feeling was more my mind wasn't focused and I couldn't really concentrate on what I needed to because I was sort of thinking about, oh, don't mess it up, don't mess it up. Yeah, that's um, yeah, interesting, isn't it? So, so like, I suppose relating it then to table tennis, it's like sometimes we go out there and our forehand topspin, which we can do a thousand of, um, in training, suddenly we start to maybe overthink it a little bit. We start to um, think, oh, well, maybe I should be doing this and I should be doing that. And the, and the forehand topspin becomes um, so different um, and the stroke becomes so... Um, um, mechanical or so, uh, yeah. I mean, you, you you start to try to break it down to too many little bits, and you uh, and 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 make the strokes. So whereas in a training situation, bang, that's your forehand, that's your backhand. Um, you don't know, this, and then I need to do that. And once you start to overthink it in a match situation, you go on. Um, so yeah, so recognizing recognizing those feelings early is important because then you have a chance of doing something about it. So as soon as as soon as you start to feel okay, I'm yeah, I, I just I don't feel right here, you know, maybe before the solve um, started, you um, you know, you you started to feel a bit tight, you know, that's the time to just take a few deep breaths or or utilize some tools that you've uh, that you've got to to try to calm yourself down, to play a better stroke, to um, to make that move quickly, or you know that your fingers are moving quickly. So, in in Rubik's cube solving, so this is important. You, the the um, the ability of your fingers to to move. Oh, can't even pick it up. To to move quickly. Um, in table tennis, it's more about um, your shoulder working well and your legs working well and um, and your wrist remaining relaxed as well. So those sort of uh, those sort of elements are. I suppose for table tennis are the more important areas that you need to start to focus on. Um, do they feel tight? Does your shoulder feel tight? Do your legs feel heavy? Um, yeah. Does your wrist feel tight and like you can't move it and you can't generate the spin that you normally can? So, yeah. So some um, yeah, really interesting experience there for you, Jeff. And and I'm sure something that. Um, a lot of our ping skillers can relate to, you know, even from recent matches. And in the uh, lesson on recognize your feelings, we give you a little bit of a task to do. So go through um, the lesson and, and have a look at it. So there are two tasks there for you to um, to work through on uh, recognizing your feelings. So do that, and you'll find that you'll start to um, uh, start to work through the issues of the extra anxiety that you might get. Indeed, yes. Um, so, yeah, everyone, go to the video and, um, yeah, go to the video and have a look at it and definitely do the exercise that we set in that video and then uh, let us know your thoughts. You can always write some comments on the blog. All right, Alois, that was Throwback Thursday and also let us know what you think about Throwback Thursday while you're there. Um, 
we've got a question, Alois, from Dieter, who has jumped on and asked some during the Google Q and A, um, using the Google Q and A app, which everyone can do. Um, Dieter has said, at our level, opponents will play opposite to the tactics we learned during training. Um, should we do what the match requires, even if it's a bad habit, for higher level tactics? Yeah, um, I think yeah, there's there's two types of matches you, you can play. One is a match where you are trying to improve your technique, and one is a match where you're trying to win the match. Um, so I think initially when you start to play games, it's good to just um, focus on your technique to try to consolidate consolidate that um, in a match situation. But eventually, when you're playing a match, you do need to just forget about everything else and just focus on um, how you're going to win the point as far as, you know, tactically and and, uh, and making sure that you're doing those sort of things correctly. So... Um, yeah, I, I think you know it. It can and it can be different goals for different matches as well. I often say that if you are playing a match where you know the result, so either you're playing someone that um, is a lot lower level than you, um, and you know that you're going to beat them, even if you you know do things differently or or badly, um, or if you're playing someone that's way above you in level and you. Um, and you know that, you know, no matter what you do, I mean, you can play your best table tennis and, and you're still not going to beat them. So in those two situations, I think you can start to think about, all right, maybe here I can work on something about my game. Maybe I can work on um, making sure my uh, uh, I'm making the top, the top spin off the backspin ball whenever I get the opportunity or, or things like that. So, yeah. So I, I suppose they're just different situations, but thought. Uh, for different matches. Yes, and yes. I think Alois. Oh, there you go. I think Alois that um, interestingly offer different tactics than you should be using at a higher level. So maybe a lower level player isn't good at returning serve, so you always serve long. Um, so that can win you the match quickly. But often the better tactics that you would use at a higher level will work at that lower level. So I guess in some ways, a lot of the time they are similar, but not always. Yeah. Um, yeah. Good point there, Jeff. Yeah, so I was probably rambling a bit on Dita's point, but um, yeah, I, I think that's that's a good way of looking at it. Great. All right. Um, Dita has also asked another question, Alois, um, where he said, when doing Swedish training, is it important to focus on the consistency of getting the ball on the table or the consistency of doing the stroke correctly? Um, yeah, so uh, not sure what you mean by Swedish training, but um, I think, um, again, during your training session, you can have different... Um, goals and different objectives or different focus areas. So one day you might be doing the Falkenberg drill, uh, backhand, forehand, forehand, and you can be uh, working on uh, making sure that you get a lot of balls on the table. Another, the next day you can be doing the Falkenberg drill, but your focus might be on um, hitting your forehand top spin faster. Um, on the third day you can do the Falkenberg drill, but your focus might be on 
starting to develop your back end top spin. Um, another day you can focus on the Falkenberg drill but focus on being a little bit further away from the table and trying to um, uh, spin the ball up a little bit more. Another day you can work on speed, so get really close to the table and try to do the drill as fast as you can. So, so with, with whatever drills you're doing, it depends on the focus that you've got and what you are wanting to try to improve in that session. So, um, yeah, so it, a drill doesn't mean that you, you're only working on the one thing or that you can only work on the one thing. You can start to um, think about different areas of your game but use the same drills. Okay. Now, what about um, the, the question about doing the stroke consistently correctly? So I guess should you always be trying to play the stroke correctly even if you'd like trying to hit the ball harder or trying to put more or different variations of the stroke? Um, again, I think it depends on the focus. So if so, one day you might only be focusing on how fast you can move your feet. So when you're focused on that, um, then I wouldn't worry too much about what's happening with the stroke technique. Um, so yeah, if that's if that's your focus, focusing from you know from your legs down, um, then I wouldn't worry too much about the the uh, stroke technique. But another day you might focus on making sure that your um, technique for your backhand and forehand is perfect. Okay, got it. Yep, that makes a lot of sense. All right, um, the next question is from. Andre, and Andre says, I know it's very common to use a thicker rubber on the forehand than on the backhand side. The opposite seems to be rather unusual. I never chop with the backhand, only push and then spin. So the combo seems right for me because the uh, heavy forehand chop is natural. So is this an okay combination, Alloys? Uh, you're on mute still, uh, you're sorry. Um, yeah, it certainly, certainly is okay. So, you know, uh, the idea behind a custom bat is that you tailor it to what suits you. So if you um, play more defensively on the forehand and more attacking on the backhand, it's perfectly okay to have a thicker um, rubber on the backhand side than on the forehand side. So um, see what works for you. See what um, uh, type of bat suits you. See, see what thicknesses of rubber suit your particular game. Excellent. All right. Thanks for the question, Andre. Um, next question is from Chris. And Chris says, what are your thoughts about loosening the grip? From what I've seen from the Ping Seals videos, um, you advise to loosen the grip to allow for cushioning. Would you guys agree with the sentiment to utilize more of a pinch hold on the bat? Um, you're still on mute. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I think um, this is this is a this is an interesting area, and um, it, it's it's one that we'll make a, a video of um, fairly shortly. But um, just a couple, just a simple thing to start off with. If you are gripping the bat too tightly, so either here or here, it does affect your arm and it does tighten up your arm. So um, holding the bat loosely and relaxed 
I can still swing the bat through that fast and the bat isn't going to come out of my hand because I'm applying, I'm applying the right amount of pressure here um, in my hand. To, to keep the bat in the hand and to swing and to swing fast. I don't need to um, forcibly grip that grip that tight to keep it in my hand. That only will um, add tension to my arm and make it harder to uh, to play my strokes effectively. So so yeah. So let's focus on keeping that grip nice and loose. Fingers uh, relaxed. These three. These three. Keep these relaxed as well. Um, because that will also just allow me to just make subtle changes to my grip, just very subtle little changes that will allow me to change quickly from backhand to forehand. Okay. Um, okay. Um, what about what alloys, about the pinch grip? Chris was talking about using a pinch grip. Um, is that recommended? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, so the, the pinch grip is basically just putting pressure here with your thumb and um, forefinger. So again, once you're pinching the bat here, that means that you're applying uh, extra pressure, extra tension to your fingers, which will have to um, transfer up, up your arm here. So um, yeah, so I think these fingers relaxed, these fingers relaxed. Okay, great. Um, hopefully that helps you out, Chris. Some good advice there from Alois. Um, try out those tips with the relaxed grip and let us know how it goes. All right. Johnny has said, I get very angry and frustrated when I'm losing to a player who I think of lowly. This causes me to play very badly and lose a lot of points. I am a beginner, but have done about six months of coaching. I felt, my, felt like my money and... Work was wasted. Johnny, don't worry. Um, it's um, <clears throat> it's completely natural um, to feel disappointed. But the first thing is, Johnny, um, don't think about the number of hours you've put in or the time that you've been playing. Yeah, you know, everyone comes into the game at different levels. Um, and everyone will progress at different rates. You know, just focus on what you're doing, um, and and just think about your improvement that, that's happening um, over the last six months. The other thing to think about is don't. Um, so the other guy might look weak because they might not have good technique. But um, this game's not about. Uh, like how good you look, it's about how you put on the, put the ball on the table ultimately. So he might um, be able to put the ball on the table and do some weird spins and all that sort of stuff. And at this stage of your development, that might uh, be too good for you. But if you maintain your uh, development of your technique, you will be able to reach a high level. And that's the thing that you need to keep thinking about. So um, just because <coughs> someone doesn't have good technique, doesn't mean that they can't play. It just means that um, it'll be harder for them to develop in the future. So keep focusing on your technique, keep working hard on your game, and if your technique keeps developing, then you'll um, get to a level where you'll just overcome uh, players that 
that don't look as as good. Um, the other thing is just just respect the fact that they play. Um, Utilise the fact that you're playing a player that's a bit awkward, um, and try to learn as much as you can from it. Yeah, good point, Alois. Um, what I think you'll find also is that as you get angry and frustrated, things spiral downwards. So this is kind of related to our Throwback Thursday video. So all the points you mentioned, absolutely, Alice. But I think also you've got to try not to get angry and frustrated during that match and um, get back to uh, being calm and focused so you can play your best and, you know, and try and beat the guy. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So once again, that, that anxiety level comes into it, doesn't it? So uh, yeah, get, uh, get out there and have a look at that recognize your feelings video, and uh, that might help you too, Johnny. Great. All right. Um, David Levy has asked a question uh, using the Google Q and A app. He said, "There's a guy who I can't beat. He teases my weak shots, but as much as I practice those shots, I can't beat him." Um, yeah, so, um, I mean, sometimes sometimes it's just a fact that another player is better. So they, they, they've developed more. Um, so if I go out and play um, Zhang Zikur, it doesn't matter what tactics I use, um, he's going to beat me. Um, I could, um, you know, uh, analyse his game as much as I want, but I haven't got the physical ability to beat him. So maybe just think about... Um, developing your game more. Um, certainly think still about the tactics that you can use. Still think about, okay, what are the weaker areas that I can try to exploit? But maybe at this stage you just don't have the tools to exploit those weaker areas. So I might um, uh, know that a player um, has a weak um, backhand topspin if I play two or three balls fast into his backhand. But at this stage, I, I can't cope with the pace of hitting that ball two or three times fast to his backhand. So, yeah, it, it's a little bit of um, a couple of things. So one is um, working out those tactics and working out um, where the weak areas are. But then secondly, also developing your game enough to be able to exploit those weaknesses. Excellent answer there, Alois. And hopefully they those tips help you out, David. And and great example of you playing Zhang Zikur, Alois. I thought you might have used me as an example of a player you couldn't beat, but Zhang Zikur's good example too. Like it? No, I was actually talking about I was actually talking about good players, Jeff. So. <laughs> All right. Uh, moving on. Uh, Victor has um, asked a question. Uh, first up, he said um, he can't believe it, but he lost against the tall guy again. But then another tall guy came that was like six foot nine, about three hundred fifty pounds of massive muscles, and looks like a bodybuilder. And he played very, very well. And he owned the tall guy and beat him twenty-one ten. And it made Brock feel a bit weak. But as we said, Brock, you can do it. Just keep on working. There's always different levels, you know. So you just keep keep on improving. Um, but his question, Alloys, is. How effective is the forehand topspin, and is it the most effective stroke? Um, well, yeah. I mean, for me, for me, it's probably the the, the most important stroke. Yeah, you know, I think we had this question a little while ago. Um, 
So the forehand topspin and serving, uh, I think, are, are the two critical things. So, yeah, really important. Get out there, practice that a lot. You know, make sure you got it right. Indeed. All right. Well, thank you, everybody. That wraps up today's show. Uh, jump on to pingskills.com and uh, click on the blog link. You'll find all the past Ask the Coach shows there. Leave a comment to let us know what you think about our new Throwback Thursday. Answer the Ping Singles question of the day and leave any other comments you like. We'd love to hear from you. And anybody who's thinking of improving their table tennis can also visit pingskills.com. We've got a premium membership which you can uh, buy. You can sign up for monthly, quarterly or yearly memberships where you get to see all of our videos including... Uh, whole series of lessons on serving, a whole series on receiving, on training, plus we give you a 52-week training plan to help you improve week by week with an associated masterclass each week and we send out a mail also every week so you can get um, the focus that you should be looking at for that week. So it's a really great program. If you're thinking about it, try it out and I'm sure you will enjoy it. So pingskills.com. Thanks, everybody, and thank you, Alois, for all your words of wisdom. Thanks, Jeff, and uh, have a great day, Pink Skillers. Getting a bit cold. See you tomorrow. See you, Pink Skillers. Bye. Bye.